Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. All right, welcome to the Max Effort Kitchen. Uh, we are your host. I'm going to stop calling you my co-host because you're pretty damn consistent. So I am uh, host number uh, person, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you're the I operator in charge. Yeah. You ha- you're at con- control <laughs> station one. Yes, and this is Cornell, our other host. Uh, so, uh, how's everybody? Dude, Cornell, uh, this is first episode of 2024. Don't know if that's a big deal or not, but my wife's made sure I said that. So there you go, Alana. Uh, <laughs> there's your plug. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. I yeah. am winter hit. Okay. Winter hit San Diego. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like 60 degrees? Like five days ago. Okay. No, it it was like, yeah, this is this isn't okay. This is why everyone I know I've lived here my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, right, this is this really isn't that bad. I'm seeing how much snow and how cold it is everywhere else, and I'm right. like, it, it's like 68 degrees. It's 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 pretty good being here. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like 55, <laughs> like at two in the afternoon. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what just happened? Like yeah. I went to Costco today. And I didn't bring a sweatshirt and I almost bought a sweatshirt to put one on at Costco. And then when I walked into the refrigerated section, it didn't get colder. (laughs) Yeah. Now I've done that before at Costco where I like walked in. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wear my t-shirt walked in. I'm like, I'm freezing and literally bought, you know, took one of theirs, put it on and then bought it when I got out. But like, (laughs) uh, it's been about 50s 40s and 50s here so I, I understand what you're talking about yeah i'm looking right now and it says it's 48 degrees right now yeah it'll get down to 39 so the high today was 59 the high tomorrow is 60 the low tomorrow is 33 so it it's freezing here yeah, no, I mean that's cold. I don't care. I don't care who you are, where you're from. Like thirty degrees, that's cold. Um, I uh, I really enjoy the um, the cold when there's like clear sky. So I don't know. Like you guys probably have that that clear sky coldness down Pretty there, much. don't you? Yeah. yeah. And here, when we do get the clear sky, it's like <laughs> I think it was last Monday. I was driving to work, blue skies, like thirty nine degrees, and I'm like, man, why am I so happy this morning? And it's like, cause the sun, like we don't get the sun as often in, in the, in the middle of the winter. So, um, I really enjoy those kind of days, but, uh, we're supposed to get snow, but it's like one of those things, like it's the 50, 50 chance. We'll see if we get it, but I don't know. I like one or two snow days a year. It's, it's fun. That's about what we get. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We don't get snow here. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what would happen if you guys got snow there. Like, do you think that town would just like shut down? Uh, I think it would be like Armageddon. I think San Diego would be a little bit of in the middle of both because we are close enough to like big bear and then the desert, yep. but there's quite a bit of all wheel drive vehicles and four wheel drive oh, okay. stuff. And, okay. um, but I think that a lot of people would totally freak out and there'd probably be a lot of accidents. So, Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. <laughs> um, so, Hey, I wanted to get right into some food stuff. Um, I've been playing around and doing some fun food stuff over the week. One of the things I talked to you guys about, which was that rice breakfast thing, but I posted on the, uh, the Instagram, like what's, you know, what's the go-to, right? What's, what's your go-to training, um, meal, like post training meal. And, um, I, man, I had that really good, like, uh, my wife actually did it where she marinated some salmon, put it over rice and like a cold kind of choss, chop slaw salad on top. And that was, that was, it felt nourishing. <laughs> it was like, it was a lot of a good portion of salmon. Um, it was, you know, cup, 
two cups or I don't really measure my stuff out. I, I'm going to be honest. I look for <laughs> it to mound on the plate. So that, sure. that's, that's my measurement. And then a bunch of salad on top. And like, I've been really liking the salmon right now a little bit too cool. much. And I have a story for that a little later, but, <laughs> um, so what's, what's your, like, what, what's your, what's your go-to as far as like right after training, like I need to get food in me, you know, what is it? So this is probably different than a, a lot of people and coaches and stuff has said. Yeah. Um, car drive by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rice rocket drove by. Okay. <laughs> I have, per- I really personally think that the whole like eating in that 30 minute anabolic window is yeah. a total bunch of crap. Um, based on I've never done it. Okay. Like when I, when I did CrossFit for six months to a year, roughly, like I start, I, I went hardcore for six months and that trickled off and I was done after about a year. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone had protein so it's like oh yeah you finish and then you take your protein and then i was like i'm not i'd miss a day and i wouldn't feel any different and i'm like i don't want to pay 80 bucks a bag and it goes a month and like my membership to the crossfit gym doubles in price (laughs) (laughs) yep i just i never really thought it was that big of a deal and i have not I don't, I, I've gotten further in the sport than I realistically ever thought I would. And I didn't do all the little stupid things that people were telling me I had to do with the, the, the buzzwords, the 30 minute anabolic window, you need to eat, you need to get your food. And it's like, I eat so much already Mm -hmm. that it's never been one of those things where I'm like, I need to eat right now. Um, Yeah. I, I do think it's more important to eat a decent amount of food one to two hours before eat training mm-hmm. um, so that you have energy to burn. Yeah. Uh, and if, it, if I'm an hour out, I'll go to, I'll drive through McDonald's. I'll get two McDoubles. I'll take two of the, uh, the buns off and just squish the four patties together with the top and bottom bun and then a diet Coke. Solid. And it's like six fifty, So it's not like it's a lot of money at all about the cost of one progenix drink <laughs> <laughs> um, and i can do that 30 minutes to an hour before training and it, that's like the perfect amount of food where it won't affect me where i'm like burping up grease or any of that kind of stuff yeah if i've got like two hours i could do like uh, i'm not going to do a poke bowl again i did that was a mistake i did once but yeah yeah uh, i could do like a full burrito or uh, a, a full full meal if i'm yeah. two hours you know, um, I, I completely agree with you. I, I once heard a, um, I forget who I heard talk, say this, but I did hear it somewhere that like the idea that we have to get protein in us, like an out within 30 minutes of our workout is, is kind of, uh, uh BS because, um, our body is going to absorb it regardless of when we put it in. And if we're training consistently, anytime you put it in, your body's going to use it. Um, <clears throat> I, for, uh, for, for schedule reasons, personally and selfishly, mm-hmm. I eat right after I train. And that's because I get home and I, you know, I hang out for 45 minutes, an hour with the kids and, and a lawn and all that. And then I go out to the garage, I train. And while I'm training, you either, you know, Alana's either making dinner or we're, we're, we got something figured out already. And by the time I get done training, it's like seven 30, I go in and Alana, I eat dinner together. And so it's like, and and that's a kind of like, that's clockwork, you know, um, every day, but Thursday. And, uh, but, but I really like what you said about the pre, because that's something like, if I get out there any later than five 30, I'm kind of stressing out. Like I'm walking out there eating like, you know, uh, two or three granola bars with peanut butter on them or something, or some waffles or something, because I've had it where I've been training at like six 30 and I hadn't eaten since like, you know, 1 30, 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. and you could feel it. Like I could yeah. feel. I'm like, why am I losing energy right now? And I'm like pounding my my drink and <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then I remember like shit, dude. You, you went, you know, four, four or five hours without eating before you started lifting. And and it's maybe it's a Wednesday and like it's an intense day or whatever. And uh so I man, that that pre-meal, and I'm glad you said that is so much more important. Yeah, I, I think my first coach he he gave us, we're, we're just a bunch of idiots back then. And I think he, he made some comment. 
I'm pretty sure it was him. And he was like, a race car doesn't worry about filling up on gas when they're done with the race. Right. They make sure that they have fuel before they start. Right. And I was like, right. that kind of makes sense. Yep. And so he always wanted to make sure that we were eating all throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and that just seems to have always stuck with me. We're like, I need, I'm not going to be, I don't need this fuel when I'm done, but I'll, I will say when I was in the garage a lot, um, before the strength tank opened, then yeah, I, I would eat right after, but it was the same thing. It was, it was right there. The kitchen was a hundred feet away from where I, or 50 feet away from where I'm lifting half the time I'm out grilling burgers while I'm squatting. Right. Um, right. And that was more just a convenience thing. Yeah. And, and see, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like garage gym lifter convenience, walk in, eat food, hang out. It's like, I'm a very uh, scheduled person and to a fault sometimes, sometimes if I get off schedule, then I start getting irritated in my head and then that just comes out as grumpiness. Um, and so like, uh, I like to have things very scheduled and very, uh, routine. Um, and so it just works for me in that, in that fashion. I think where I'm not as scheduled and routine is the eating beforehand and making sure, but I like, I'm also the guy that has snacks hidden everywhere in my life. There's <laughs> snacks in my car. There's snacks at my desk. Uh, there's snacks up in my room. <laughs> I'm just that guy. Right. So, um, and, uh, it really, it does benefit. Now I've been doing something in the mornings, um, that has helped maintain, uh, some ability of, of, uh, energy, I guess you could say. And that's the rice breakfast that I always talk about. Mm -hmm. The only difference here is I'm mixing it. And now I'm going to, I'm going to back up just a second and say, we all know that I am not, um, a, a huge supporter of, of drinking protein shakes, right. For the wrong reasons. Um, but I have been making one in the morning because I've noticed that my morning meals have been struggling a little bit. And so I threw in, and so it's more of a, a meal replacement type thing, or just like an extra little bit of extra just to keep me going. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> so cold rice, uh, pumpkin pie spice, brown sugar, um, blended up vanilla, uh, protein shake, use that as my milk. And I just let it sit. I'll go take a shower or I'll make coffee or whatever. Let it sit for like five to 10 minutes. Right. And then you come back to it and it's like, perfect. Nice. And I noticed, um, I, and I've talked about this before, but like the energy you get out of that, um, limits the amount of coffee I have to drink in the morning, um, limits, but it, it sustains this energy. Like I'm not getting hungry until probably about 11 o'clock instead of 10, 15. Right. Okay. It's interesting. Um, and I, and I, I guess I don't know, I haven't done enough research on rice because there's so much, um, convoluted stuff out there about rice. You know, some people live, swear by it. Some people think it's the worst thing for you. Um, <laughs> All I can do is talk about what it does to me and what it does to me is it creates a sustained energy and I have to drink less caffeine in the morning so I can drink more caffeine when I'm lifting. At night. Yeah, no, I think that I'm, I'm stepping outside my, what I really know okay. and I'm going off stuff that I was taught a long time ago, but okay. it's also definitely not my expertise. Um, this whole, uh, gluten-free movement that yeah. started a while yeah. ago, yep. I really think jacked with a lot of people and how their bodies function. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I learned about 10, eight to 10 years ago. I went to a class, uh, from a lady who taught us how to make sourdough. Like you, she, I think they gave us starter, but then they also taught us how to make the starter. And we kept that right. thing going for like five years. And yeah. Um, and one of the big things that she said is if you do not have celiac disease and you are not like fully allergic to gluten, you do not want to eliminate gluten from your body. Correct. Because if you eliminate it, your body is not going to know how to react when you put it back in. Right. And right. I think there's so many people, including my sister, who's like, <laughs> she can't, she's like, I can't believe how bad this stuff is for you. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to bite my tongue right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if your body can't process it because you eliminated it, 
like it's really going to jack with you. Yeah. And you kind of ruined your body. I don't know if it's for life. I don't know any of those kinds of details, but um, I think a lot of the people who are the fad dieters who jumped onto the gluten-free stuff. Yeah. They, they screwed up their, their bodies and they now can't handle rice. So they're going to be the ones who are going to be on their soapbox talking about how you shouldn't be eating it. Right. When that's probably one of the, the foods have been eaten like since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, carbs, carbs, gluten-free or gluten, they go hand in hand. And I know there's different ways of getting carbs, but gluten-free or gluten is such a, uh, important product for so many things that we eat as weightlifters that like, or just in general, um, to hold sustained energy. I, I just, I, I agree with you on the, on the sense of that, because I think, um, whenever you eliminate something that your body is used to having, your body's like an ecosystem, right? You take it out, it starts freaking out. Like what the heck is going on? But then it comes back around and says, okay, we need to learn our, learn how to adjust without this stuff. And maybe that's a hard adjustment. I don't know. Yeah. It like, my sister's not going to listen to this so I can say whatever I want, <laughs> nice. but I, I look at her and how she, she does have some things going on uh, yeah. health wise, but um, she's completely eliminated like sugar, gluten, and a handful of other things. And she's like, Oh yeah, I, it's just so bad for you. But at the same time, she'll drink eight ounces of whiskey like yeah, right. every other <laughs> night. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Gonna... I mean, so <laughs> that goes hand like, okay. So I saw, I, I think you, I think you sent it. I don't know. I, I either you've said it or you've sent it before, but a guy was on, I saw an Instagram meme where he, he gets on, he goes, you want to get some fast calories, take a pint of ice cream, put it in the fridge, wake up in the morning and drink it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like you'll get your calories <laughs> yeah that is 100 percent true like you're getting your calories yeah i i just watched this morning and i'm going to do it so hopefully okay. i do it before the next show solid you need you take two two pints of ice cream okay you let them defrost then you put them the two pints in a bowl with three cups of self-rising flour Oh, you mix it all up and then you put it in like a, like a, the, a loaf pan, like right. a, a cake loaf pan yeah. and you bake it and it turns into a cake, like a loaf. <laughs> and the guy's like, I use butter pecan cause it's always good. Right. Makes sense. And he's like, it's got everything in it and the self-rising flowers I'd never even heard of. Uh, yeah. So I quick Googled it and I'm like, oh, they have, have at the grocery store. It's all so, over the place. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, that's that's gonna be expensive <laughs> two half or two pints of ice cream. <laughs> but then I went today. Have you seen those wooble things, the little yeah. crochet thing? Yeah. So I got those for my son for Christmas. Nice. And so today he's like, I'm out of I'm out of yarn. We need to go to the store. So we went to the Dollar Tree because he heard they have stuff there and they didn't, but they do have pints of ice cream for a dollar fifty. <laughs> So, wait, 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 wait. The, the, the $1.25 store has uh, pints of ice cream? Yeah. So <laughs> I, call, I call the $1.25 store. <laughs> well, they have some stuff that I was like, how is that a dollar? And it's like, yeah. this freezer section is $5. But then I walked down a little bit further because they had like Ben and Jerry's. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. Um, but then they had this off brand that was $1.50. I'm like, three bucks and like three three cups of flour i'm like i, hmm. I could give this a shot yeah i mean yes please do post <laughs> pictures or at least send pictures to me because <laughs> yeah. i want to see this go down that that sounds cool um man i i can only imagine why that would work it all it makes complete sense so i'll be yeah. interested to see how that goes. and my son just made we got an air fryer for christmas okay and he made these he's he was totally experiment like i love the fact that he just experiments with everything. And mm -hmm. he's like, I saw that you can mix sugar, peanut butter, and an egg and make cookies. Yep. Three and so they, they were trying to figure out, they just couldn't get the time and the heat right in the air fryer. Oh, I so, see. No, I've never done it in the air fryer, but I've done it in the oven a million times where it's okay. like 350, 10 minutes, and they come out 
so damn good. They were delicious. They're the best peanut butter cookies <laughs> ever. It's like you, yeah, yeah, three ingredients. That's all you need. And you can't under, I mean, their problem is the top was like perfectly crispy, but the bottom was almost raw still in the air fryer. Okay. Uh, but I'm like, it still tasted awesome. Yeah. You might have them <clears throat> uh, like do a little quick warm up, like a 10 minute warm up on the air fryer just okay. to get that bottom heat radiating a little bit. Yeah. That might, that might help. I don't know. Okay. That's sometimes we'll do that. Um, like if I'm cooking it, like today I cooked some chicken in the air fryer, but I, I, it was cubed up, but I, so I turned it on for like 10 minutes first to make sure that that bottom half had some heat on it. So when I threw it on, it was like semi, you know, same, yeah. same range, but yeah, get, have them try that. Um, yeah, no, dude, I did like a Spanish style, uh, stoop today. I used this, uh, uh, adobo Spanish seasoning that I got and holy crap it's like a it's it's almost like a like a taco chicken soup that was dude it's so good yeah <laughs> so uh for those of you who don't know stoop is kind of like a, a made-up thing i think cornell came up with the name um i started making soup but making it really thick like stew so it's the combination of stew and soup um but it's a fantastic over rice training meal uh, like just like it's it, that fuel. really, that's really my go-to. Yeah. Like, it's fuel. It's fuel. <laughs> it is straight fuel. Um, anyways. So, uh, you know, I wrote this down last time on our list and we didn't get to it and there might be some selfish reasons why I want to talk about this, but not really, but kind of, uh, <laughs> maybe to talk me out of a purchase, but <laughs> I wanted to talk about like the idea, like what is the ideal garage gym? supposed to be about like what kind of equipment should we have in there if we're a competitive athlete because there's a lot of garage gym lifters out there there's probably not there's probably more you know weightlifting gym people than there are garage gym but i know a handful that at least listen to this so i think it'd be a good topic um yeah so let's i mean we could let, let's just go down the list let's start with bars okay okay um in your opinion what does a garage lifter need in a bar like a barbell. I would first want to set up a couple other parameters. Okay. Uh, okay. Are you lift? Is it like your gym that like, do we want to just put you like your yeah. garage? Yeah. Like, you can use, you're me. not, you're not having 15 people. Over. Like it's correct. It's just like basically set up for you. Sometimes you yeah. have people over, but not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, totally. And you have, I don't know. I haven't seen inside. I haven't been inside your garage. I know it's a two car garage, but is it the it whole is. thing? Uh, no, or do half. you have, okay. So we want to fit into like a 200 square foot. Yeah. 10 by 20. Okay. Let's say half of, yeah. Yeah. 10 by 20. That, that's like a perfect. one car garage is yes. what we're allowed exactly. to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, um, and yeah, be, be able to accommodate like some friends coming over every now and then no more than three, because that's all I could have in here, you know, like, yeah. Um, you know, mine's a dual, we, we also use it as offices and stuff. So, but, um, okay. So obviously we're going to have a platform mm -hmm. platform. Um, my platform is raised. Uh, I have like probably four layers of, uh, you know, um, the, the stall mat actually it goes, I put a giant rug down an old rug stall mat, um, four, four layers of plywood. And then I got the top stall mats and then the, the, you know, top piece and it works really well. Um, you can hear it in the house. Neighbors can hear it sometimes, uh, but it has good bounce. It's it has not cracked any concrete in my, uh, garage and I've been lift on it for like three years. Yeah. Three, three, four years in this setup. So, um, I don't think you need much when it comes to the platform. Sure. I mean, you now, now on your, on your side of things, you have, um, you have the like Alico platform. I do. You don't have you don't have the layers of of plywood. I don't. I did. I okay. just I kept an eye out and kept money set aside for deals when they would become available. I I didn't just go out there and buy buy whatever I wanted. But mm -hmm. um, at one point, I did have the multiple layers of plywood with the multiple stall mats and and that type of a thing. If you're on a budget, like if you're starting from the beginning, yep. I probably wouldn't 
focus as much on the platform in the beginning because if if you can find some cheap uh crumb bumper plates you don't yeah. need you don't have to worry about dropping the weights because that is the same rubber that your platform your building uses correct so it's going to absorb everything and not be a dead drop like competition plates and just as a side note, everybody, I know where you can find some crumb bumper plates. So, <laughs> especially if you're in Southern California. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that that's a really good tip, though, because um, you know a lot of people out there think you need the big competition plates, or you need like the like Lico stuff or whatever. But like, you guys got to remember, like we're lifting in a garage, so we got to be functional. You know, and we, if if you're going out and you have some money to spend and you're in your garage, I would recommend getting training plates over competition plates because yep. the way that the rubber is made, the competition plates are made to drop and just like hit yes. and not bounce at all. So it's yeah. going to be a lot more damage on your concrete compared to a training plate is made to bounce and it's going to last longer and it yeah, won't exactly. do as much damage. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I like that because, um, you know, anybody out there, you know, if you're renting a house, you, you know, you, you could still build a platform man. you just get, get the right equipment and you're not going to bust through all that concrete. And we've known a couple people that have done that. I think you might've done that. I right? may have, I may have <laughs> so, a foot and a half of concrete underneath my platform as well. That <laughs> makes it so that I don't have to put all the layers, but I think it's important to note that like, if, if this is, if you're listening to this and you're just starting out, um, you know, the idea of building this heavy duty platform or getting like the best of the best platforms is not as much of a priority because you're probably not dropping more than, you know, a hundred kilos at max if you're just starting, right? Like yeah. your weight that you're dropping on the ground is probably not going to be as much. Now, the more you do it, the more consistent you get and um, the stronger you get, obviously you want to start thinking about that stuff. But in the beginning, you know, just stall mats, uh, put shoot, you could just live on stall mats, probably. Yeah, like that'd, that'd just be fine. So yeah, that would work totally good. Now, you know, I've I've bounced around with this idea of like you know having, uh, you know, the badass bar. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I've also um lifted on a on a handful of different bars that, and I really like. I I, I have a um a close relationship with my bar. Um, but I do notice that there are some big differences between my bar and like, you know, the, uh, the purest bar or the Alico bar, like, and that's okay. I think that I, you know, the, when you start focusing on those nuances, like you, obviously you need to be more skilled and technical, but, um, I started out with a Vulcan bar. We all okay. know those aren't the best, right? <laughs> now that's my squat bar. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name of my bar right now, and I can't believe I'm forgetting the name. But <laughs> uh, they Jim, have Jimway. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jimway. And uh, Jimway is a fantastic way to start with a with a pretty decent bar. I started with a decent bar. Um, it's a little bit. It's a little uh, the the. I don't know how to say this without being this way. Uh, the little the shaft is thicker. <laughs> that's what she said but hey no the shaft is a little bit thicker you know and i like that it's it's there's more to it and then so when i go lift on 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 a pierce bar i'm like man my hands feel really big so many innuendos no i think i think the first bar that you should get shouldn't be like the 99 dollar bar from walmart but correct try to find something that's an off-brand or a a, a cheap used bar that you can get but that is the attention of that is to get you using the bar correct it's not to go out there and get the best equipment that you can get but then once you have it keep your eyes up for a good deal on a nicer bar and like yeah. you said your first bar turned into your squat bar that's what happens with your your first bar correct. i think it's important to have two bars because there are instances where bars break and you don't want to have only one. And then all of a sudden you have none. It's better to have a bar. That's not great as a backup bar than to not have anything at all or yeah. have to use a broken bar. So that's a really good point. And you know um, it took me a hot second to, to realize this. And it was mainly because, you know, I was lifting on my own for a while, but like once I started talking to people about it, it was, 
the idea of getting on those websites like OfferUp, like um, Market, you know, Facebook Marketplace. I don't know if Craigslist is a thing anymore, but maybe Craigslist. But like, people are are throwing bars out there a lot. Just do your research because somebody will say it's an Olympic lifting bar, and it definitely is not. Um, yeah, it, it's get a couple bars. I have I have a uh, 15 kilo bar in here for my wife when she decides to you know do stuff out here. I have one for me, and then I have a squat bar, and that's really all. That's that's all I need, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've thrown around the idea of like, ooh, I should go get the the you know uh, a rogue purist, but I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, I don't think I it's necessary to do it because it's your garage, right? Yeah, I it it's one of those things where if you if you find a good deal. Like mm-hmm. if you found a Pyros bar for 300 bucks, you'd buy it. 100%. But <laughs> I wouldn't go out there and spend six, $700 on it just because you want it. Right. And right. and that's how basically all the equipment that I got was. It was like I have money and I'm, I know that if there's a deal, it's not going to be a deal for a long time. Right. So I have cool. to move quick. And half the stuff that I've bought, I was at lunch or something got on Facebook marketplace, saw something that was posted an hour before hit him up and drove straight there. Right. Um, so that's how I got my, my 1990 Alico competition bar Which is, is awesome. the guy posted it 15 minutes before I saw it. And I got it for $300 and it had been used three times <laughs> And he it's said crazy. he didn't like how he how he was the original owner, and he said he benched on it, didn't like it, and he put yep. it in the corner, and it's been sitting there since 1990. Yeah, wow! And what a fine dude. <clears throat> that's so. that's crazy. And and I will, and I can, um, I can actually say because I've used this bar, it 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 has one of the most distinct spins on mm-hmm. it. Like, and I really, really, it makes you feel really fast. yeah i don't know i remember that okay so we got you know we talked about plates we talked about barbell we talked a little about platform next thing i have on the list you must have is a squat rack yeah i i've had a handful of different squat racks i Mm -hmm. personally really i don't i don't know what you have but i'm just gonna say what my thoughts are yeah the independent two-piece ones i think are awful Yes. Um, some people, I, one of my friends got one and he said, I thought it would be better cause I could put it into a smaller space, but he said it's, it still takes up so much room and it's scary to use because you can't just like walk the weight into it. Cause if you hit on one side first, then it's just, they're sketchy. Yeah. I um, agree. so get a, a full squat rack. If you have room or if you're able to screw into your walls, I got the the 12 inch Titan wall mounted mm-hmm. one and it, it literally sticks off the wall 12 inches and it seems like it would be really close, but I don't have any issues uh, with it and it's very sturdy. The only downside to it is if I wanted to take it outside, it doesn't have like it's, it's mounted to the, the garage. Yeah. So. That, and, and yeah, that's a good one. I, so the one I have is it's, it's an off brand. It's called fuel. Um, there was a, an abundance of these. I bought it during COVID. Um, a dude that was posted on Facebook marketplace. He's like, had, I have two un- unopened boxes and he's <laughs> like, I'll sell one for a hundred bucks. And so I bought this one for a hundred bucks and it's one of the, like, it's, it's not a full, like four bar cage. It's a two bar cage. Um, and it works fine, dude. It works great. I'm able to walk the weight into it. I'm able to pull it out. I even get a little weird when I get into the bar, I'll press in on it. And so mm-hmm. like it, it allows me to, to really get rank on that, like that tension um, mm-hmm. when I'm getting on the bar. And, you know, I always think about it. I'm like, you know, the higher up I get in my, my squad, I'm like, I wonder if I need to actually go get a, a real like squat rack, <laughs> but this one's worked and it's been tried and true. And, um, the one thing about the squat rack that I, I really recommend you think about, like when, when you're putting it in your garage is like the amount of space that you do need for it. It is a good amount. It, it does take up some real estate. You mm-hmm. know, you got to account for the, the, the weights on the end. You got to account for like where it's going to sit and, and making sure it, 
making sure it's level and all that stuff. So um, the way I have mine set up is in a, in a tight, in a corner, and it works perfectly. It took me a hand set, handful of uh, months to figure that out. I used to be the guy that would move it onto the platform every time I wanted to use it, and that just mm-hmm. got annoying. You know, yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to, to just sit somewhere. One of the things that I also have, or that I had set up at one point, when I, cause I had, if people don't know me or haven't seen my garage, it's not what it used to be. But at one point uh, we had four platforms in the garage plus two additional spots that were movable outside. Yes. Um, but I had my squat rack was mounted to the wall and I had weights on both sides that didn't match but I didn't care. And it was so convenient to not have to pick the weights up off the left side and then walk them to the right side and put them on the, like the storage unit. And I was able to just, I could unload 400, uh, 400 plus pounds in like a minute. Cause you would just pull it off, put it on the rack, walk to the other side, kind of go back and forth. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. Um, so in, in the, uh, in the whole scheme of things, you know, we have, uh, what, two bars, um, a set of plates, uh, platform squat rack, uh, you know, as far as the main stuff goes, the functional stuff to be able to get done, pro get programming done efficiently. I mean, I think that's all you need. That's, on that? that's really it. The last thing that I would say that I would recommend is a, a cable pulley system that you can, either put on a pull-up bar or on a, a, a ceiling rafter where you can have like a lap pull down and a tricep like tricep uh, push down. And mm-hmm. one of those kinds of things that really doesn't take up much room. Um, I think that that's something that they're really inexpensive and they don't take up a lot of room. It's a little bit of work to set it up, but if you can put it in a place where you don't have to set it up and take it down every time, I think right. it's a, a real good sense of uh or money yeah no i think you're right there and then there's the idea of like you know having some dumbbells around i have a kettlebell around because i like to like kind of roll it on my hips and every now and then if i'm tired i'll do some kettlebell swings before i touch the bar or whatever um okay now here is something that this is where the selfish part comes in of this conversation And it's something that um, I'm really, really thinking about, which is investing in a pair of uh, or a set of uh, jerk blocks. Okay. Do you think it's necessary? Um, I think I can get around it by being creative without needing them. Um, but there is something that I would really in in where I'm at in training right now in my mm-hmm. I guess my my training age or whatever I really want to put a good focus on on some jerks and I really want to um, you know get some extra work I guess you could say maybe some Sunday work so I can do like jerks and squats and and stuff like that and I know I can pull them out of the rack I know that um, but I really like the work that that gets done on jerk blocks they're expensive yeah <laughs> like they're they're not cheap i have not found a cheap version of them even when they're used now what's your thought on that i had them okay. um i didn't use them as often as i could have should have also when i had them uh in my garage it was the the program and team i was on there was never there wasn't <laughs> no need for it <laughs> there was no need for it i mean right. it was like yeah yeah there was no progressing in a specific movement that was going to be uh built on week after week so right. right there wasn't a need for them uh the hard part is they do become a table they do become a storage unit yeah um Cause you don't use them every day. You're, you're, no, you, you you're don't using, use them every day and they yeah. take up quite a bit of room. Yeah. Um, but I do think that if you, if you have, if you could set them up in a way that you don't have to take them out and put them away, like if they're just set up, yeah, you might have to take some stuff off of it. You could use them much more often. Now, um, what do you think of this? Given mm-hmm. what you just said, okay. Using them as a squat rack. 
That's well. what I was going to say. Okay. That yeah. I know a couple people who don't have squat racks. They just use that. And it is more inconvenient for squatting because the weight doesn't just slide on and off. It's right. the, it works better to throw a change plate underneath, roll it up. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is going to make it so that you're going to be using it much more often. Do you think it's, it messes with, uh, messes with your squat at all? Or is it just like, it's just the same thing. You're still picking it up on your back and walking backwards. So yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. And okay. you can also do like snatch balances with it. If you like those yeah. or overhead yeah. squats, like there's stuff you can do that is terrifying when you're doing it be between the boxes, but it's, it's still doable. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So I think if you have the room like yeah. that, that is a very, I would, I would recommend that over like a reverse hyper. Yeah. Um, I would go back and forth. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend probably a GHD over right. that either. Okay. You can get like the, the back extension little thing. Yeah. Um, they weigh like 30, 40 pounds. They're real cheap. That'll do almost everything. The GHD realistically will do. Yeah. Um, the other good part, if you did have the blocks, uh, you could set up a way that you could do, like a version of a reverse hyper on it. Um, yes. They like actually the have, they have the, the actual like individual pieces you can put on a box. Yeah. That, that will like strap to a box if you wanted that as well. Yeah. So I would, I would probably say the jerk blocks would be the, in, in order of things that would help the most, I would say that the jerk blocks would help much more than one of these other strength building things, because at yeah. the end of the day, this is a, this is a skill sport with yeah. strength involved. Like you're only going to be able to lift as much as the strength you have, but you can be as the strongest person in the world and not have the skill and not be able to lift much. Yeah. So I think it would be better to work on the skill of jerks rather than just try to get stronger in other ways. Yeah. You know, I'm, and, and that's something I've probably put started in November where I'm doing, I have three to four days where after my session, I walk over to my squat rack. I do either a strict press, uh, a set of like, you know, four sets of three, or I'll even go to like five, five reps, but like, you know, fairly moderate rate, but I'm doing it three days a week after my training session. And I'm, and I'm just pressing, you know, just pressing. Mm -hmm. And that's really helping. It's helping in my, you know, keeping my weight or my weight centered in my jerk. Mm -hmm. But I want to progress that, you know yeah. what I mean? I want to, I want to be able to put a, a you know, a 150 on the bar and then really feel that, you know, yeah. get up there, feel that and have those jerk blocks there to aid in, in that training. So, um, plus another thing, I don't know if you've ever done these, but, uh, like overloaded, just like bar pickups. Yes. Where you're, you're going to load, yeah. you're going to load 250 to 300 kilos potentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the bar and then you're just going to stand it up and yeah you can do that on a squat rack but yeah. it's it is sketchy and it's dangerous <laughs> yes it is yes <laughs> i remember my buddy tony passing out once and just crumbling under the bar with oh. like 200 oh. and like 200 kilos and he like he thankfully didn't get hurt, but when he came to, he didn't know where he was. <laughs> oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> Especially when you're like in your gym by yourself, your garage by yourself. Yeah. Like, no, probably not the best move. So yeah, there you go. Jerk blocks. They're, they're also for safety. <laughs> yeah. Um, now here's one thing that I wanted to say that like, there it's just like kind of the little part about having your own space and area and what you should have in there. Um, go out and, scour the internet and buy a couple pairs of lifters just yeah. have a couple pairs of lifters on hand i can't tell you how many i've had at least three pairs of lifters stolen out of my car and i'll and when that has happened the last time i had extra pairs but the first two times i didn't and i was scrambling to get a new pair of shoes and i was really really upset about it <laughs> like i was pissed and um and because like the first pair you know you, you always want to keep your first pair of lifters and those for me it was the maroon rom twos and i god damn it i wish i had those you know what i mean <laughs> like it makes me so mad um but yeah keep a couple extra pairs of, of of shoes some bands i liked what you said about like the the cable system that's something that people don't think about 
Mm-hmm. You can go out and buy a Bowflex or whatever that you know that type of th- those old eighties cable systems. Those, those things are cheap. You can find them all over the place. You and probably they probably get them for free. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Give them a little love and like just be creative. A garage gym doesn't need to be a competition platform. It just needs to be able to aid you in getting the work done in the program that you're doing, and that's really it. Yeah, I I looked around and I started counting. Uh, in my garage, I have 10 sets of lifters. Oh, wow. And I don't keep the lifter, the shoes that I lift in, in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah, like, in, my, in my gym bag, I have one pair of Addy Powers, my okay. old ones, like my, my original pair. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've been wearing the Asics, so I have that. And then in the the trunk of the car, I have some ROM twos. So I have I have three pairs in my car alone. Yeah. And, and that's, you gotta have I, I just think it's essential to have a couple pairs of them. Yeah. So for this is probably something that a lot of people don't really think about yeah. why you should have multiple things. Uh in each so I'm in the middle of selling a truck and I just bought a new truck. Um, and then I have the car that I drive like every day. I like to keep a pair of shoes, if not two in there and then tape straps. And I don't need to keep a belt in there cause I don't wear a belt nearly as often as I used to, yeah. but I, I have a, acquired a few new belts. So, <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to put a belt. I'm going to have a, like a, basically like a go bag in each car. Yeah. On top of my normal gym bag. Yeah. That's and that's so. that's legit right there because like um I you know our lives are crazy. We're doing things all the time. We're out out about and work and it's four o'clock and you're like, man, I gotta get to this training session. You got that stuff in your car, you just go, you know. Yeah. I the other day I had to stop into Dick's Sporting Goods and buy some new Adidas pants because I didn't have any pants with me. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not gonna drive 45 minutes home and then drive th- right through traffic to get to the gym another 25 30 minutes. Yep. Or I could just stop at Dick's. Thankfully, they're on sale for like 35. dollars Yeah. And yeah. I was at the gym in 25 minutes. See, yeah, that, and that's where it's at. Like, make sure you have extra stuff. I think I have, you know, three pairs of of, of knee wraps that I keep in, you know, either in here or in separate bags. Um, you know, I only have, I have, I have two belts, but I only have one I really use. Um, yeah. and what's that? That was going to say, that's the funny part with the knee wraps is if I have them, I need them almost all the time. (laughs) But if I don't have my stuff, I'm like, my knees feel good today. I don't know if I'm just, my body's like, you don't have a choice, so they're going to feel good or what it is. But, um, I've. I've never forgotten my stuff and gotten to the gym and been like, I really need my knee wraps today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's, that that's a, probably a good feeling. I get really attached to that stuff. Um, and, and then I get into lifting and I'm like, you know what? I didn't really need it in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's like your mind playing tricks on you, but, um, well anyways, you know, I hope if anybody's listening or whatever, like, uh, that helps them because, um, you know, when I started building my gym, I had no idea. And I literally just got online and started asking people like, what, you know, what do you guys have? Or well, how do you guys build your platform? Or what did you do? And, you know, rely on the community, but also come back to the show and listen to what we're saying, because um, we both have had very extensive uh, <laughs> time in a garage. Yeah, <laughs> so. I would say that the one good part about having a platform versus not having a platform is it does kind of limit where you put your crap yes so if you have a eight by eight platform Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in your garage you're not going to throw all your stuff on there like it's it can build up uh to that point but you're like i need that space yeah so if you're just out there lifting in your garage like you're gonna have to move a bunch of crap probably and um that would be much more of a hassle yeah i have a my platform six by eight Um, and it's just the way it worked out when I built it and it's Mm -hmm. actually a perfect spot. Um, and you know, because the way my garage works is like it kind of at the very beginning of the door, it it has an incline, but then it levels out. And so I just put it towards the back where it's leveled out. 
Um, there's had there has been a couple times where I'm like, this thing is starting to become unlevel. Um, and maybe that's just my mind playing tricks on me, but sure. <laughs> that I get and a, that a I think six I by a six by eight is normally something that you wouldn't keep your your squat rack on. Like Correct. you said, that you have a place yeah. that you can go and squat. Yeah. And uh, so either if you have a spot to go squat or you would pick up your squat rack and bring it over to your platform. If you're on an eight by eight, that last two feet is kind of where you would generally be able to keep your squat rack so that you right. don't have to move it. So just for people who are wondering yeah. what, what and that's different sizes. That, and that's really, that's a good point because, and that's what I was doing at first. I had my squat rack just kind of tucked away. And then after the set, after clean and jerks, I would like, hold on, let me go get my squat rack. And I'm like wobbling around, putting yeah. it on place, you know, and, and <laughs> that was just kind of annoying. Cause then like, that's one more thing you have to clean up. I know you're a big advocate of this and I've adopted this on certain days where when I get done training, I, I might just leave all my plates and everything on the ground. Yeah. And, and then when I come back out the next day, I'm like, cool, this is going to get my blood moving and I'm going to pick all this up, organize it, get everything ready. And then there we go. And again, I, I got, I, I completely jacked that from you. So, um, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some people think it's lazy, but I'm like, no, it gets you back. If you're in the garage, so people haven't heard this, but that drive to the gym was where like I generally can get in that good headspace. And that was a real hard thing when I transitioned at, to a garage lifter for a couple of years is yeah. walking from the living room to the garage was five steps. <laughs> I'm not in the right headspace, yep. but if I walk into a garage and I got to spend 15 minutes cleaning it up and moving all the weights around and doing all that kind of stuff, then yeah, for one, you are getting warmed up and also you are uh, getting in that good headspace. Yep. Yep. That's uh man, a lot of good information here. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, we could probably talk a little bit more. We did not get to, uh, the recap of the documentary, but that's all right. We can get to that next time. I'll finish um, the other, the other episodes. How many yeah. are there? I've listened to four. Five. I've watched four. Okay. There's oh, five. I'm almost done then. Yeah, you're almost done. And okay. the last one is pretty good. I, I mean, there's, there's some fun things that happen in it. So, um, anyways, Cornell, great show. Uh, thanks for always. Thanks for doing this. This is uh, this is like one of my highlights of my week right here. So yeah, mine too. Um, there. Thank you everybody for listening. Cornell, have a great night. We'll talk to you later.